Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 142, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. Joining, as always, the crew, Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. How are you, Richard? Hey, guys. What's going on? What is up? <laughs> Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brewer and all-around content creator for Magic the Gathering. What is up, Seth? It's going well. Another awesome week for you, Seth. Wow, you're you're killing it in our league. <laughs> Doing well. Wow. <laughs> uh, Chaz, as always, content creator for Magic Gathering, focusing on the financial aspect of the game. On the docket, we are going to talk about Ixalan Standard. Finally, we get to see Ixalan in action. We have <laughs> mixed results. Uh, but overall, I think it was really good to see uh, a huge shakeup in the format. Um, some old returning awesome cards, some 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 new Ixalan supporting cards. A lot of what we talked about kind of ended up happening, but we're going to get our thoughts overall on Ixalan standard, uh, fresh and new, no more old stuff. Uh, we will get into a really awesome article by Seth up on the website today, uh, focusing on Magic Arena, some questions, uh, some really great questions that were posed. Uh, and then wrap things up with some fish mail. And if we have time, we have like another little topic, but only time-bearing. So, uh, what did you all think of Ixalan Standard, the SEG Open Dallas? Uh, Richard? Yeah, so everyone is uh, holding their cards tight still. We don't have Pro Tour coming up. We have Worlds coming up, which will be kind of the first major tournament. But we saw Saltite Energy running Hostage Taker, Scare of Gods, Ramunap Red, as everyone predicted, uh, UW Approach, Blue-White Control deck with Approach of the Second Sun, uh, more energy decks, a, a deck called Esper Gift to give me a double take. I'm like, did I get a modern deck in here? <laughs> but it's just Esper, God Pharaoh's Gift. And over in the classic, Zach Elsick took it down with Grixis Improvised, running Tezzeret, uh, and Herald of Anguish. So... We're seeing energy, we're seeing aggro decks, and we're seeing improvise. That's those are kind of the, the big themes here. I don't know I don't know if this will be the final metagame. Usually first week results are all over the place, but it looks pretty diverse. Nothing is like too crazy. And we're seeing some of the new cards actually take the spotlight, so it's pretty interesting. One note is Carnage Tyrant is kind of delegated to sideboard cards. Uh, at this point we didn't see too much Carnage Tyrant, so that's an interesting uh, little tidbit for you guys out there. Yeah, if anything, there was another six mana dinosaur in some of these five uh, O league lists, and it was not Carnage Tyrant; it was Burning Sun's Avatar. So, <laughs> uh, but overall, I think Richard pretty much nailed it. We see a lot of supporting Ixalan cards, a lot of Hostage Taker. Uh, we saw the Ripjaw Raptors. We ta- saw a ton of Death Gord Scavenger that pretty much did a ton of work all over, over the weekend. Uh, it was in uh, Andrew Jessup's uh, Sultai Energy list, uh, delegated to the sideboard, but a full four of. Uh, and we saw on screen just how great it can be to kind of overcome those Ramonet Red uh, matchups. And another list over in the Classic that I really like, hopefully this goes somewhere, uh, we actually talked about this um, last week, but yeah, Zach Elsick did take it down Grix's Improvised, but right out of the top... Right outside the top eight, uh, Lee Livingston with white-black tokens. Um, And this was kind of where uh, Seth was hoping this would go. Uh, We saw, like, um, Hidden Stockpile, Anointed Procession, and a lot of really sweet cards in this list. I hope this continues on, uh, like, a trend going forward because uh, this this list looked awesome and a ton of fun to play. Uh, But like Richard said, again, going back to it, a lot of red, a lot of energy, and uh, approach list, so... I think cards are being held very tightly before uh, Pro Tour and uh, Worlds. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see Worlds, which I believe is this weekend. So we're going to have some Pro results coming soon. As far as this weekend, 
energy is clearly like very good. We're not really sure what the best energy deck is. We see traditional teamer, we see Jund, we see Saltai actually taking down the tournament. So the energy package in synergy supported by hostage takers or ripjaw raptors or death gorge scavengers, depending on your colors, seems to be very, very good. Uh, otherwise, I don't know. It wasn't a super spicy tournament. If you dig down in the standings a bit, you can find some cool stuff. Like there was a dinosaur deck that made it. There was a green white vampires, I guess they're calling it list that managed to top 64. If you go to the classic uh, cats tribal actually made the top 32. <laughs> so there's still some cool stuff floating below the surface, but it's pretty predictable for week one. We knew the energy decks were good. We knew Ramadan bread was good. We knew that the approach decks were good. They didn't lose much of anything. So I think it's unsurprising that those lists were at the top for week one, but that doesn't mean they'll be at the top come worlds or pro tour a month after that. Interesting to see the top cards are still pretty much a braid, <laughs> uh, attuned with the aether. Um, even Glorybringer is still a huge key piece to this standard. Um, so uh, I think it was – you're right, Seth. I mean a lot of what we were seeing even in the 5-0 list leading up to the event kind of knew that it would come down to energy lists, all, all kind of flavors of energy and Ramonat Red. But it was good to even see like very early on the approach lists um, and I guess some of the different varying um, – spices of energy kind of mixes it up a little bit because you get a whole different package of cards uh except kind of scarab god it does seem like with aether hub and and everything like that uh everything's try trying to splash for scarab god and what a powerhouse that has become uh over rotation took a little while seth but looks like scarab god easily emerged as the best god of the uh of of amon ket um, and it's just so much. It, it just takes over games so quickly. Um, it might just be the best card in standard period I think so. right now. Yeah, I think so. All right, I got a fun fact for you guys. Out of the top 64 for the SCG Open and the top 32 for the Classic, how many Jaces? Uh, one in a sideboard. <laughs> uh, the correct answer is one, but it was uh. Jace Ingenious Mind Mage. No! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Main deck in the 10th place 4-color energy list by Jason Tab. No! no. <laughs> we did it. We did it. We, we got, we got no, the I'm Planeswalker telling you, the deck Jace list in a deck. The, it's the secret. That's what everyone's holding back. It's Jace. They don't the want The secret Jace list? Know. Yes. Ingenious Mind Mage. See? I knew some sort of Jace was going to be good. Is this oh. the first... Is this the first ever like tournament finish for yeah. a planeswalker deck planeswalker yeah i, I believe so <laughs> i to be fair, if it's a one of it seems like it was but it's a, not a bad troll. <laughs> i don't know why everyone thought it was so bad i didn't think it was super terrible now i'm super disappointed i didn't predict a planeswalker deck planeswalker to do good this set i think i've done it every set since they've came out and this was the first set you I didn't even talk I'm done about these this. I'm done with it. It's never going to happen. And then there you go. Planeswalker decks breaking standard. It, you didn't even talk about this one. That was actually kind of funny. Because uh, it's plus one. It's on tap. Works so well with Glorybringer. Look at that. That's a, that's a combo. That's, that's a combo. A combo. <laughs> Look at that. I will say, going combos. back... Going back to the actual results, if you're feeling a little down that there wasn't more new stuff, remember that so many of the decks were basically just pre-built. If you think about going to a tournament this weekend, like, sure, you could go really deep and try to Tezzeret, try to Marionette Master, and we saw that stuff. But if you're just trying to win the tournament, it's really hard to not be like, okay, I'm just going to pick up Teamer Energy. I'm not going to pick up, I'm just going to pick up Ramen on Bread because you know those decks are good. Maybe Marionette Master or Tezzeret and Grixis Improvise or one of those things is actually like, it's extremely broken deck and it's going to be insane. But it's really hard to make that decision on week one, I think, when you have these decks that you already know are super good that you can choose from. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Herald of Anguish is still a pretty good card to to cheat out uh, as quickly as this deck can cheat it out. Um, yeah, it's just the problem is you're absolutely you're, you're. I mean, again, Red just still has so much, so many good cards to fall back on. Energy, 
with its mana base and with Aether Hub can just splash into so many different great things. Um, and it still plays Glorybringer. It's still like a base good deck that you're right. Like going forward, things could change, and maybe one of these lists is actually better than we think. Um, and pros recognize that. It just seems really hard to me to choose that. Maybe even going into the like Pro Tour, definitely worlds that like how how do you not choose one of these energy lists or red um, when they're so strong? I will say I tried the dinosaur deck this week and I was so disappointed. Uh, on paper, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be awesome! I have all these huge creatures, and I'm just going to smash phase." And then you realize that the dinosaurs actually aren't that big. Your opponent plays a bristling hydra, and you're like, "Oh my god, that's actually bigger than all my dinosaurs!" <laughs> or a Vergerous Gearhulk, or a Scarab God, and you're just like, "Oh, like it looks so sweet on paper, but it's not." So I think we got to wait one more set for dinosaurs because my experience with them was was pretty heartbreaking. <laughs> actually, as soon as your opponent plays a bristling hydra, you're just like, "Oh my god, I can't win this game. It's over. It's over." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like uh, Bronson uh, Gervasi. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but uh, Rampaging Ferocidon was a really... It looked like a really awesome one-of in the main and in the side. I don't, I don't think there was any at the Classic, the one that topped uh, by Tad, but that seems so good against all these uh, Death Gorge scavengers running around because that card was doing some serious work over the re- over the weekend. I mean, I think that's the breakout card. If you if you had to pick yeah. one Ixalan card, I think Death Gorge Scavenger, also Hostage Taker has to be on the list, but I think those are the two that really stick out as kind of the breakout cards of the weekend from the new set. Yeah, uh, Hostage Taker did not make our top ten list, but we were just talking about this. We talked about it so much, and we had gave it such glowing reviews that I guess it was just kind of a thing. Maybe we just kind of naturally thought it was good, and we just left it out. So that's our bad, but Death Gorge Scavenger was definitely on there, and those two card drafts, yeah, those two are the breakout cards because they were everywhere. I, I don't really see much else in terms of uh, Ixalan. I mean, it was like I think it's kind of like we said, it kind of played a supporting role. Uh, there was a couple one-off really great cards, and those looks like that's Hostage Taker and the Scavenger. Settle the wreckage. Settle the wreckage was also really good. Mega Path to Exile was worth it. And apparently, (laughs) the blue white control players said yes because they played multiple copies. Even uh, some played more Settle the Wreckages than Fumigate, some played a split, but it was everywhere. So apparently, Mega Path to Exile is good. Yeah. Yeah. I really underrated that card. I've been playing with and against it on Magic Online, and. While in theory it sounds really bad to me, in practice, it every once in a while you really get punished. I had an opponent, I was stuck on two lands, and they ended up casting a Settle the Wreckage and then basically lost the game because I actually got out of my mana screw. But most of the time, it's not nearly as much of a cost as I thought it was. It's actually very good. Yeah. Search of Ezcanta also showed up a lot. Seems like that's the and, only flip card that showed up. And <laughs> Which, definitely Not give- surprising. And definitely got to give some credit to the lower rarity stuff. Like, Opt was in a lot of decks. We saw a lot of dresses and sideboards. So I think that beyond the big-name things, there were a lot of just good Lightning Strikes, another one. Like, support cards like that that are definitely seeing play, even if they're not especially flashy. And all the lands, of course. The land cycle, extremely heavily played. Yeah. No Crested Sunmare, but in place of that, they're playing the uh, Regal Caracal. For lifelink, <laughs> that is uh, not something I thought would be possible. But it, there it is. It is like a f- solid four of in all of these approach lists. And from what I saw on camera, it was actually pretty good. So this weekend we have Worlds, which is the single highest EV tournament of the whole year for the pro players. So what's your prediction? Are we going to see spicy new stuff, or are you expecting the meta to look? mostly like these tournaments with lots of energy, lots of red, maybe some approach decks and maybe a couple different things thrown in. I think it's going to look very similar to this. I I don't think we'll get something super spicy, if anything, until Pro Tour. 
I just don't think there's enough time to like come up with something super spicy. Yeah, I I, I think the pros because it, it is the highest EV tournament will pull out the good oh, stuff. Right. So I I think I mean it seems not optimal to hold your good stuff for True. the tournament where you're gonna make the most money just for pro tour glory because i think world's glory is higher so and pros have had quite a while to brew with this uh you know they, they've had the full spoiler for quite a while so i i think they're gonna pull out all the good stuff now the question is is the good stuff gonna look very different from the scg open and no one knows we also have the hiding of moto deck lists this time around so yep it's possible that people are playing on Moto with spicy stuff with the hopes that Watsy doesn't post it. I don't know. So it'll be interesting. We have a lot of different things going on with the Pro Tour being pushed back, the new Moto deck list, and then Worlds being the first major event for Xline. And sometimes the Worlds format leads to weirdness by itself when you have like a 24 player meta i think of like reduke bringing boggles which was completely off the radar but he he knows all the people that are there and kind of probably knows somewhat what they're thinking and peg boggles to be like the meta deck for this very specific small tournament so maybe we'll see some really weird deck that just a pro think matches up really well with what all the other pros are going to be playing I really hope this this tokens list keeps going. I love this list. There's a sweet one that's been on Moto with Veraska as well. It's basically the same deck, but But splashing Veraska as a finisher, yeah. Yeah. I I think that can go somewhere. I really do. It looks really fun to play. The engine is strong. Anointed Procession and Hidden Stockpile has been close for a while now, so I think there's a chance. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I, bring up good points. Probably doesn't do anyone any good if you're not pulling out all the stops for Worlds. So, between Worlds and, and Pro Tour, I think we're going to have a really good grasp on what Ixalan Standard is all about. Um, but it, <laughs> a lot of the signs are in front of us. I mean, Scarab God is insane, Glorybringer is still great. So I don't think too much is going to change, but maybe, I mean, all of these lists looking optimized will look really good. All right, uh, do we want to move on? Uh, yeah, I'm down. All right. So, Seth, um, you wrote a really great article about Magic Arena. Why don't you, you know, for, for those of us that, or for those of our listeners that did not read it, get a chance to look at it yet, kind of, Break down the main points, uh, your kind of your questions you hope uh, Arena can answer. Okay, so if you want to read the article, make sure to head over to the website. It's up on there. It just went up last night. But basically, Wizards has made it really clear that they want feedback from the community. There's a lot of things that are still up in the air about Arena. So I wanted to kind of get my questions and answers out there while there's still time. I felt like this was the time to do it. So anyway, the things I was looking at that I think are really big determining factors in how successful Arena will be is, uh, number one, how much is it going to cost? Like, is it going to be cheaper than Magic Online? Like, really cheaper and not just fake cheaper when you consider price support and the phantom versus real card thing. Uh, How you get cards, are you able to just somehow buy a deck of cards or do you have to play endless missions and hours to be able to get them? Uh, How do you switch decks? Like in Hearthstone, you use a dusting thing, but the numbers are really bad. Basically, you get 25% of your cards value, which is pretty rough so will magic arena be able to have a better way of switching decks once you already have some cards uh how are they going to do limited is it going to be real limited or is it going to be some sort of uh, hearthstonian limited uh can they do the animations and the gameplay correctly without it lagging the game since they've announced that you're not going to be able to turn off animation so can they nail it with the animations or will we have some of the Magic Online problems transfer over to Arena. And lastly, what do they do about Magic Online? Assuming those first questions are answered well, and Arena's is smashing success, Wizard wants to have only one digital platform, what do they do for all the current Magic Online players who have been 
pouring money into the game for the last 15 years. What do you do for those people? So those are my big questions. And I think at this point, we don't really have solid answers to any of them. That's all the stuff that Wizards has been saying. Well, we're thinking about it. We got some good ideas. Uh, I'm assuming they want to test some of it in the upcoming beta. So I don't know. Those are my questions. What do you all think? They're good questions. Yeah, they are good uh, questions. I, I, I don't know. I think how they answer it determines whether Watsi is a 2017 gaming company. Because previously, my, I guess, complaints against Watsi is they don't understand the gaming aspect, right? They, they understand, like, yeah, you can play a game of Magic online, but people, you know, want ranked queues. They want glamour they want stuff you know they want like all of these gaming aspects that are not necessarily in magic online so how they how they tackle let's say the free-to-play aspect how they tackle getting people to come back daily quests free rewards things like that is going to determine whether this is successful for the random casual person so how they answer these questions that you pose i think will pretty much determine the success of this bit you know beyond just for magic players but for everyone do they understand that you know people want to play games with pride on the line and not money on the line right so up to now they've just copied hearthstone which is cool but we're starting to get into territory where there are very specific magic the gathering things things like can you work through animations while resolving your triggers right hearthstone doesn't have triggers your animations go off you keep clicking no problem but magic, you know, when Carnage Tyrant is flailing around, can I respond to triggers, right? Or is it going to hold up the entire game? So here we start getting into new territory where you can't just copy Hearthstone because you're running into magic problems. So I'm very curious to see what they do uh, to solve these problems. Yeah, I think... I think animations, like, that's definitely a thing. I don't know if it's, like, a huge, one of their larger problems right now. I think one of their larger problems is, can we, because they even, I mean, if we watch the Q&A that was up on the Magic stream, um, it seems like they're having trouble (laughs) uh, housing all these people, and that's why they're kind of releasing it in waves to make sure that it doesn't lag and and it can house enough people to actually play the game. So I think like there's a ton of more back-end stuff to worry about first. But bringing that up is, is you know, it's a legitimate question. I don't know if they're going to allow people to leave the animations off. I mean, isn't that kind of the point of they trending they actually, into this model? They actually said that as of right now, they are not planning on making it so you can disable animations. Yeah, as of now, they're they're keeping animations, right? Yeah, yeah that's, no that's option what, to disable. Yeah, that's what I thought. That yeah, so that's kind of the whole point of going to this model, right? It's supposed to be flashy, inviting, or and and kind of drawing in new players that you know cool stuff happens and what have you. I, maybe for old timers, well, specifically Seth, that's not <laughs> my, know, something my, you want to look at all the time, and I get it, but that's my kind concern- of. The whole aesthetics of it. My concern with the animations isn't having them. Like, I've been clear that personally I would prefer just playing Magic and I don't care about animations, but that's not a deal breaker for me. What's a deal breaker for me is if I'm losing games and my turn's timing out because animations are lagging the game. Like, performance issues with the animations. So I'm okay with them doing animations, even though it's not my personal preference, but they really got to nail the animations in a way, like... The first time I lose a game because it's lagging, because Carnage Tyrant is, like, flashing around, that would be very hard for me to keep playing Magic Arena if I'm losing games because of that aesthetic stuff. So I agree with that sentiment, although you continue to do it to this day. Uh, So many recorded videos you've lost due to timing out, due to the clicking of random combo decks or slow control decks on Moto. So while annoying, you know, winning with, say, Mono Blue Tron is horrendous. Winning with Splinter Twin or something when your opponent actually makes you try to click through uh, is horrendous. People have lived through it. But I agree that animation should be smooth and fluid. I don't think they're going to allow you to disable it 
because what will happen is all the pros will just disable all the animations. And then when you're a casual person browsing Twitch, you're like, oh, what is this Magic the Gathering game? Why does it look terrible? Right? Because everyone's <laughs> playing on low quality. They, you know, you, you cannot have it be a competitive advantage to turn off animations because then everyone will and then the game will be basically, you know, a game without animations. So in the world of Twitch streaming and live streaming and all that stuff, I don't think you can do it. You got to make sure they play and they're crisp and they don't bog down gameplay. And Hearthstone me, has done a pretty good job, although there's some weird edge cases, but the trick is bringing that to magic with triggers and the stack and, and all that stuff. It, they didn't look too crazy to me, so I think they kept them low-key enough that they're not taxing on a lot of... I mean, um, imagine Splinter Twin, where you Splinter Twin a Carnage Tyrant, so every time you make a token, the, the dinosaur <laughs> thing comes out and flails around, and you're making like 50 tokens. Like, what what is going to happen? It's those weird corner cases that will start getting crazy, right? I guess we'll find crazy, out. Right? <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, I think they can do it right. Hearthstone is a good example. I don't especially like having all the animations in Hearthstone, but they don't. I'm used to it. They don't bother me for the most part. There's occasionally times when they cause problems in the game, and that really bothers me, but just having them exist isn't a big deal. So I hope they just really focus on that, because it's true that we deal with a lot of problems with Magic Online, but for me, if I'm going to switch over to Magic Arena... The selling point is going to be because it's better than Magic Online. If you're asking me to buy a whole new collection, grind for cards, etc., 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 there's going to have to be a benefit there. And if I'm getting the same performance issues, then as someone who's already established in Magic Online and comfortable with it, it would be a tough sell to get me to move over if I'm just moving to the same issues on another platform. That's a good point. Yeah. The thing is... I think a lot of these questions were sort of answered in the stream more sort like sort of the meta perspective of like where does MTGO go? I think MTGO doesn't go anywhere anymore. I think they've made it pretty clear that they want this to be Magic's representation like in the digital realm in 2017. Like you know, I was talking, you know, and I did another cast, and, you know, we were throwing out numbers, and it, it just, you know, while while MTGO still makes the money, they will keep it around, but I think as soon as MTG Arena surpasses, like, the user base and how much they're making off of uh, MTG Arena, um, even breaks even or surpasses, which I don't even think it'll be that long, um, MTGO is done for. And Richard also brought up a really good point that, you know, I'll I'll let him expand on in a a second here. Even if Magic Arena kind of doesn't, isn't, you know, doesn't live up to their expectations immediately, they'll just keep revising and improving on it to a point where they'll just keep having MTG Arena and they won't focus on MTGO anyway. If Magic Arena fails, they'll just do Magic Arena 2. And they'll just keep going from there. It's their their view on where they should be in this digital age is not Magic Online anymore. Hmm. Well, I mean, I agree one hundred percent that they their hope and their if everything goes according to how they want it to go, that Arena would eventually be the only platform. I don't have any doubt about that. It's that not is certainly duels. what they're hoping like, happens. It's it's not duels. Like their view of this is not duels. This is. Like, it may end up that way, who knows, but they're really putting all the chips in on Arena. That This is not, like, some duels replacement. This is, like, their digital game. Like, view it as, this is not Moto, this is not duels, whatever. It's just MTG Arena now. Yeah, I think that's true. I think there's certainly questions as to whether everything goes the way they're hoping it goes. And that would be where I think there would be long-term hope for Magic Online is, is and not that I'm rooting for this to happen because what I want to happen is Arena to be so awesome that I want to play that instead of Magic Online. Like, that would be the best outcome. But I think there's a chance that things don't go according to plan. And then the fact that they're not just shutting off Magic Online when Arena comes out suggests that they want to at least keep it hanging around as kind of a 
a backup plan. I think the <laughs> someone described it to me as, uh, and this might be a bad example, but uh, they're kind of dating Magic Online, but they're not really committed to that relationship, and they're definitely like kind of got their eye out that something better comes along, and they jump ship really quick if that does come along, but they want to keep Magic Online hanging around just in case that better they, thing doesn't actually <laughs> They want to remain friends. It's all right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, that's pretty loosely what they're doing. Um, they're keeping around their revenue, wait, what they make from MTGO, and they'll see how long that is, you know, continues to make them money and is successful in that regard. Um, and if, you know, MTG Arena doesn't work out, you still have MTGO. But I, I just don't think it's going to take that long. I mean, throwing around numbers, and again, I don't know if this is true. You guys play MTGO a lot more than I do. But, you know, you have Nathaniel from Card Order throwing out numbers like 10,000 users on any given day. In the gaming realm and in, like, 2017, that's a dying game. You don't see, you know, all these games with, like, 10,000 users, those are games that have been dying or have been just limping along or they're close to death. Like, that's not a huge number these days. Yeah, I, I don't believe Magic Online is the fallback. Like, I, I can see how some people see that, but I just can't see. I, I believe that's, like, the fallback of will amputate your arm. Like, yeah, okay, like, if all goes wrong, we can do it. But you're not really planning for that outcome. Like, I think if Magic Arena fails, everyone is fired, you know, their their digital person, like, CEO, they're all in hot water, they're all fired, right? They're not sitting here like, oh, yeah, we'll fall back on Magic Online. I think they're just not saying anything because they can't cause a mass panic. You can't just come out and say, oh, we're turning off Magic Online as soon as Arena goes because everyone will sell out right now. Uh, it would make them $0 and their $100 million revenue cash cow goes to zero overnight. So they have to phase it out slowly. But I, I just can't imagine, you know, 2019 shareholder meeting yeah, you know, we, we failed Magic Arena, it doesn't work, uh, but we have this program which people affectionately call a 1995 program. We're going to keep it going for five more years, have faith, buy more stock. Like, I just cannot see that happening. Like, it, it's just, like, total absolute failure. So I think they're going to put all their eggs in Arena, and they're going to execute, and they're, they're going to force it through. Even if it's only 51% better than Magic Online, They'll put all their eggs and go with it because they can't. They can't just lose another like five years worth of work or three years worth of work or whatever and, and go back to Moto. Yeah, and the, and and the rest of those questions, I mean, largely are are going to be answered from what the players put into it, right? And and all these people that that's why it's so imperative to sign up for the beta because they're going to need our help answering those questions for us. Also, so if you know animations are a problem, if enough people complain in the beta that hey, I'm getting timed out by all these animations, what can we do? This, that, and the other thing, those all get answered by playing arena and testing it out. So that you know that those, I want to say lesser problems, like there's still you know problems that need to be addressed, but that's where everything else gets ironed out in testing and and how they have to kind of navigate their design around that. Yeah, if you have strong opinions about what you want to see out of Magic Arena, which, as we've been saying, Wizards' plan is pretty clearly to have this be, if things go according to plan, their only digital platform at some point. So if you are a Magic Online player or someone who hasn't played Magic Online because you don't want to double up on your collection, but you're interested in Magic Arena, make sure to try to sign up for the beta. Make sure to email and send stuff on social media because right now things are still malleable. There's still a lot of big decisions being made. And like I said, that's one of the reasons I wanted to write this article now because I think there's still time with the beta just about to start with a lot of these questions still being in the decision yeah. process that we can actually, you know, help push Magic Arena in the direction we want to see it go. So whether you agree with my opinions or not, make sure to let your voice like be heard because it really can make a difference right now. Wizards has been yeah. really clear that they're going to listen to feedback. Absolutely. And, and already, even on the stream, have had internal discussions about some of the preliminary questions, even when they announced it. Like, what's going to happen when there's... like We just had a rotation. What's going to happen with rotation? Well, they sort of alluded to you know, not so directly like a, a new format or something that 
MTG Arena can house on MTG Arena that you can still use your older cards. Maybe that's it's not a new format. Maybe you can just like you get all this dust or something, and you can create the new cards. But they kind of alluded to something that you can continue to use your cards. So something like a new MTG Arena forward format or Ixalan forward format, something like that. <laughs> frontier, frontier. Yeah, to, to Seth's point, yeah. uh, for the feedback, even more important, I think, are the people that don't play Moto today. Because there are a lot of Magic players that don't play Moto, and I think that's the audience that Wizards going after. So it's especially important to give your feedback on this platform, you know, why, why you will or will not play it, right? Like, basically, you don't play Moto today for a reason, even though you like Magic. So what would entice you to play Magic Arena? So I Not think spending that's a very... $15 on a draft. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and that's, that... a, that's, a, that's a large part of who doesn't play. And when you're telling me 10,000 people out of 20 million Magic players, if that's what we're going to use, that can't casually go on there and, and, and play draft, I mean, you know, e- even if you don't keep the cards, when you're paying 200 gold or whatever the currency is, or 150 gold for a draft... I mean, you just want the experience of drafting. And that's what MTG Arena is going to be doing for a lot of those people. <laughs> I think that 10,000, just so it's clear, is most likely the concurrent number, if that's the right number, because there's more than that that are currently in leagues. But you don't have to be online right now to be in a league. You can play it at your leisure. So there's more than 10,000 Magic Online players. Okay. But I think 10,000 might be like the number of concurrent, like the hot number of concurrent users in a day or something along those lines. Yeah. But, I mean, I think the concern I have is... That's still fairly I mean, low, though, all things considered. Yeah. E- yeah, in, in I mean, this, obviously, in this day and age has, of like, I don't gaming, even know, yeah. millions of users. It's a very different model. Like, Magic Online's model is based on getting a small number of players to spend a lot of money. When Hearthstone is looking to have millions and millions of players that spend very little money to no money. So it'll be interesting to see how the numbers work out. My concern is, one of the things I learned while writing this article is how ridiculously expensive Hearthstone is. Like, do you realize that... They have their values of their cards, like a Mythic, or I think it's Epic in Hearthstone, is $16 for any one. Like, any Mythic that you want is $16. So that might sound good if it's the Scarab God, but when you consider most Mythics are like $2, that's like way more expensive. Rares are $4, Uncommons are $1, no matter what Uncommon you get. So, cost-wise, it is actually a lot more expensive than Magic Online to get your cards if... You're not going to spend four hours a day trying to complete a quest, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It works the other way, too. That means you could trade four Archangel's Lights for Scarab Scarab God, too, right? But, I mean, at the end of the day, it it is still expensive, right? Like, people who buy complete sets of Hearthstone, you just watch any streamer, they buy hundreds of packs at the beginning of an expansion to get a full set to play with. But, I mean, it is what it is. And that's, like, a legitimate streamable content. Like people actually market. watch people open packs. That's part of the whole Because they can't afford their own packs. <laughs> That's part of the appeal, just, right? You don't have to buy 100 packs. You can just watch someone else crack 100 packs. Yep. I just think like one of the things we hear all the time from people about not playing Magic Online is that it's too expensive. And I think there's like some amount of misconception, probably because Magic Online... A couple of horrible decisions, like having to pay $10 to create an account, not having any sort of free-to-play mode. I can, It creates a perception that it's ex, uh, expensive, but if you really just look at like how much does it cost me to buy a deck in the game, it's actually not more expensive than Hearthstone or the competitors. It's like pretty average. Well, I think it's the curve, right? It's very easy to get into Hearthstone and play for nothing, and yeah. as you get more advanced, it becomes more expensive and probably even more expensive than Magic Online. Whereas Magic Online is totally the opposite. It is super expensive to get started, and the longer you play, the cheaper it gets. Because it's not only that $10 fee, it's that $10 and $100 for a deck, even though you just want to play one match, right? And that may not be the deck you like or whatever. Or you just want to draft. Big, scary (laughs) investment. You know, like say you're a new drafter and you don't know what you're doing. Do you want to fork $15 over... How are you going to practice? How are you going to know you're any good? So, 
I, I think for enfranchised players, the free-to-play model will be more expensive, but for brand new players, it'll be a lot cheaper. So you're, you're, you're kind of sucking them in can, with the and, cheap price and then getting and them could, once they're hooked, right? <laughs> yeah, and you can already... We could. Who are they targeting? It's, it's, it's definitely one or the other, and it's not one of them. So they're trying to bring in more people. I mean, how do you do that? You, I think the freemium model has proven to be... or itself to be you know draw in a lot of those people and and for a lot of it is like how do you keep asking people to double pay for mtgo like do you it's like i'm trying to not drive you know 45 minutes to go spend 15 dollars to draft but like yeah i don't have to drive the 45 minutes but i still don't want to pay 15 dollars to draft and it's like some like some of the cards I can trade in, some of I can't. Like how much value you're actually getting back? Like you have to complete the whole set, and like what if I really don't want to do that? I mean, you're talking about four hours of grinding. Like who's who's even going to sit around and complete like a whole Ixalan set and then go through the process of rede- redemption and all that? Like some people just want to go on, and this is where MTG Arena is going to be. I- I'm telling you that it's going to surpass MTGO. Not. That it's gonna it's gonna be quick. That just want to go on, draft a few times, do their dailies, and log off. Like th- that's a lot of what people want to do. I think the question I have though is, will will this model? Let's say you can't just buy a deck. You got to buy packs and okay. disenchant, and it's sure. prohibitively expensive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is will the established Magic Online players, the professional players, the GP grinders? Will Magic Arena get those people? Or is it going to split? Duels is a bad example because Arena has way more functionality than Duels. But Or is it going to split along similar lines where Arena is going to be the more casual new player crowd, but the spikes, the grinders, those type of people will stick with Magic Online? Like, is that going to happen? Or will the Pro Tour GP grinder players, will there be a reason for them to go to Arena? Yes. And not that this is this should be the solution to this, but a lot of those pros and you know even people like yourself, Seth. I mean, the a lot of them get accounts with a lot of the cards on it. You're able to borrow cards. You're able to you know people will donate to these people, you know these streamers and what have you to buy packs. Like th- there's it starts getting into that realm. And I don't like that's not a legitimate solution to if that's an inherent problem of Magic Arena and its cost. But those people up at the top, like in those enfranchised players and the people that stream and the pros, they will be fine. And I don't think it'll be a huge crossover from MTGO. It'll probably actually be easier when they get handed these accounts, go stream, put our, you know, logo on your on your overlay and uh here's a donation of 20 bucks go buy some packs like so we can watch you open them they'll be fine do you think the wizards will do that <laughs> they don't do that they already to, they already have online, haven't they they, they, they uh, they've shown that they can go out and aggressively recruit like someone like a maz to go showcase this game yeah i mean some some watsy people do have special accounts right the broadcasters get special accounts so they can test uh to, to play employees yeah. yeah well they're not employees though right they're just the contractors but i think seth's point is valid but not for the pros i think Chaz kind of nailed the pros i think it's the tier below the pros sure yeah, where yeah, you're yeah, a serious yeah. player you go on goldfish you look at the tier one decks you, you want to know what they are but you're not you know 1900 or 2000 or whatever limited you can't just play five matches and come out ahead with enough you know currency to buy all the packs Right, uh, but you still want all the cards. Those people will be in a hard place, I think, depending on how this plays out. Because you're not good enough to go infinite, quote unquote, uh, and you're not right. big enough to get sponsorships or free accounts, or you don't have a big enough Twitch following or whatever. Uh, but you still need all the cards. <laughs> so I think those are the people that will be hit the hardest, depending on how this goes. But I think the pros yeah. will be set. Like LSV, I don't think has any problem getting all the cards he wants. Uh, you know, he can buy them himself. He can get them from Watsy. He can get them from sponsors. He can just grind them with his, you know, crazy win percentage. Like, I don't think those pros are the problems. It's more of the middling people 
people like yeah. us not us because we have special hookups but you, you know people <laughs> our skill level so so I don't know hey now I, I 5 would a league this week Richard so <laughs> take that back <laughs> do, you, do you go infinite with the gates the odds do you generate enough play points <laughs> but and, and, and again that's that's still kind of the unsolvable problem because and that's that's going to be true for all games and I don't even think it was even solved with Moto either but remember, I think they suffered Wat- in Moto. Watsi doesn't need to make the same amount of money from cards. So I talked about this earlier, that's, but yeah, even if Watsi made $0 from Magic Arena, it could still be positive for them because it funnels all those players into paper. Like if Arena. Or Moto. Or, or Moto. <laughs> the other thing is you can sell other things sleeves, skins, portraits, all of the you know, battlefields, all of that stuff is money they're just generating out of nowhere. So you can afford to make the cards worth less. You know, maybe a foil is worth a lot more, and, you know, you can buy a foil Chandra skin or something for 10 bucks, and you don't need to charge extra money for packs, right? People want sleeves, right? Oh, they're Ixalan sleeves now. Five bucks, right? They're, you know, people will buy them, and they will supplement for the people that want to play for free. So there are other the ways to make saying, money. Like, stuff like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Card back sleeves. Yeah. I really want golden portraits, special animations. What if you? What if you can get a special Carnage Tyrant animation? <laughs> they'll they'll sell good animations that don't like the game. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> I would I would pay for that. Uh, please don't make me pay for non leggy animations. Oh, like you, you, do you remember the early days of gaming where like playing with a different skin gave you an advantage? Like. Gave you a different yeah. hitbox or something, or you know, if you turn a down attack animation, if you turn down like textures, you can see more stuff. Like, yep, they really need to avoid that so that people don't run weird <laughs> clients just for competitive advantage. And yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm still super stoked for this. I, I don't I'm, know. I'm still really stoked. I the more I talk about, the more excited Seth. I am. I'm, yeah. I'm so excited to get like a J skin or something. <laughs> I'm I'm just excited to try to get on there and play. I, I just want to really play and like you know, Seth and Richard and myself have said, they're they're willing to listen. So it, it's better that more people and more people keep signing up because that's really where the direction of the game is gonna go, is gonna be player driven and they're gonna listen to a lot of our feedback. So but great article, Seth. Um I'm sure more of those questions will be answered. Just keep uh, watching. I'm sure they'll have more Q&As. They were actually really informative. Uh, if you didn't I get a chance to watch it, you should go watch like a VOD of it or something on the on YouTube or something. All right. I know they're doing one this Sunday at Worlds, and I think okay. they're actually doing weekly Q&A streams. Oh, wow. Okay. Or close to weekly moving forward. So there's going to be a lot of streams coming up okay. on the... Uh, Twitch.tv slash magic, like the main wizard's channel. Yeah. All right. Really two, informative. Two questions to close out our, our conversation here. First question What do you think the currency will be called? Will it be gold? It oh. won't be dollars. Will it be, you know, mobile game I don't care about? Rubies, sapphire, you know, yeah. some kind of weird stuff. I, what what I, is I, the it's multiverse be, currency? Maybe like. Like planeswalker essence or some some crazy Ugh. stuff like essence or or magicka orbs or something. Planeswalker points. I, <laughs> planeswalker I they, points. Yes, that's what it should be. They just go with ticks, I think, because no. everyone's familiar with it. Ticks. No. T i x. They, they can't call it that because they're like, here's your conversion of a thousand moto tickets to five magic arena tickets. <laughs> it'll, it'll make you feel bad. That's Treasure. what I'm anticipating uh, a lot of you to get from uh, all your collections on MTGO. Here's one free month. Good luck. All right, <laughs> oh I'm going to go with something to do with treasure. Here's like a thousand dust. <laughs> or just like Jace's. Jace's pretty popular. <laughs> emblems? Name it after a planeswalker. Oh, emblems. Okay, emblems, good. Mana would be too confusing, but mana is just like an actual thing you can count in magic. Yeah. Uh, all right, second question. What is the one feature that you want in in Magic Arena? The, the number one thing that you'd be like, oh my god, thank god this is here. <laughs> I, I kind mm. of liked Seth's uh, suggestion. I, I don't think they'll do it, but I really like the suggestion of like, can, can you just buy like this 
deck already pre-constructed and you could just build on that so you don't have to like dust like 5,000 uh, a legitimate decks. deck or a planeswalker deck <laughs> I don't know something something I, I liked I really like that suggestion just so it makes it easier because it is kind of annoying like buying like 80 packs so like a single store down. basically something like or, that yeah or even if you think of Hearthstone and just you could directly buy dust and then craft the cards yeah. that you wanted instead of buying packs, hoping you open good cards in your packs, and dusting all the cards. I think it would simplify it if Prob- you could just yeah. Does pay still not X dollars for X amount directly? of dust. No. Problem is, no, is you again, can't buy dust. You, you lose the kind of the the showmanship or like streammanship or whatever yeah. you want to call it of like opening packs. Like that is a legitimate thing that they want their streamers and, and people to watch for. Yeah, the, the way it works, which I don't agree with, which is how magic kind of works, is there's a dust EV. When you open a pack, your your dust EV is like 20 or something, right? So if you know yeah. you need the complete set, you can calculate how many packs you need to buy. But that means half of your game is played in a spreadsheet, which is not exciting, which is kind of the moto isn't problem. What, yeah, isn't that what people want to move away from? Like having to... I'll tell you yep, what, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather play it in a spreadsheet than get that god-awful starter pack that MTGO gives <laughs> which is like $2, maybe even not. Even I, I want no so. spreadsheets. I want it to be easy. So hopefully there's a single store or something where you don't need to do... You know, you don't need a an EV calculator to figure out what to do, right? You can sure. just intuitively figure out the best course of action. Yeah, that, that, would, that would be probably better. Like a single store... And you, you kind of, yeah, you cut out the pack opening, but people just watch you play. So it's like, it evens out. I think for me, I think it's got to be, well, apart from what you were saying, get, being able to get a deck is huge for me. But I think I'm going to go with real limited. I will be very disappointed if we have some weird Hearthstone, see a few random cards, grab one. I think I'll be very disappointed if it doesn't have actual, like, Real packs of cards, pass it to someone. There's you get a pack with a pick missing out of it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great to keep. For me, it's ranked queues with seasonal rewards. I want to be diamond one at the end of the season, get my like Jace diamond skin or something. Yeah, like that. That and your that card is back. the only reason I play games to grind ladder. Yep. Apparently, and your and your and your and your card back. And then we can make all these articles like grind to diamond with this budget magic deck. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. That's just, where they're going with it. It just makes it an actual game and makes it justifies There's you so wasting all of your content. time playing yeah, exactly. this game. Right? There's so much more content that will be that that can be out there because of this game. Yeah, there really is. And then we can be like, well, Chaz, what were you last season? <laughs> I don't have to exactly. listen to your opinion anymore. What a scrub. Yeah, <laughs> it starts getting to that uh, realm, but I'll actually be able to play and like, I'll be fine with it because I'm not touching Moto ever again. Yeah, it's actually very I, interesting. I'm, I'm just done missing my attack step. Like, it's over. Like, oh, oh you'll, you'll find a way to miss your attack step on Magic Arena. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for the out, first epic Magic Arena misclick. I'll, I'll play so many Carnage Tyrants, I'll just time out my turn. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you're really, you're, you're really on that. You just do that's, not. I want. That, I actually want is, to see it now. Actually, I, I, that is a. I don't know if you get super upset. But, play. <laughs> this actually has to happen now. I, I actually kind of want to see you time out because of this now. That, that would you, make me you, quit you arena. built it up too much. Now I have to actually see what was going to happen if it happens. Oh, are you going to f salty? Are you going to f f like four out of it? Like task manager, close it right out of there. Yes, and probably like throw my computer <laughs> against the wall or something. Well, now I have to see it happen because you built it up too much. You, if you, you know, didn't make I, it too much of a problem, it wouldn't matter. You know in Moto how people try to run you out of clock? They start like activating all their triggers, making you respond to them. <laughs> Like I'm sure there'll be some way to do this on Arena, and I'm sure someone's yeah. gonna lose about, lose to it, and we'll see a post on on Reddit. Like, is this ethical? You know, is this anything to win or anything to win within the confines of the actual game, or what is this? And I'm sure it'll happen, but hopefully it's uh, not common. Yeah, we got about ten minutes ish. Maybe you'll left some that for fish mail, so we got to rapid fire these. All right. If you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail. 
Uh, first question, Azkra, Cadon. Everyone, please contact letters at idwpublishing.com to ask for the MTG comic to be included in Hasbro Universe. Question, what is Hasbro Universe and why is Magic Comic I... not included already? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, but yes, do that, I guess. So letters at IDW Publishing. IDW makes yeah. the magic comics today. Uh, yeah. Will we see... Oh, next question. Snacks, 1989. Will we see Standard Against the Odds, Mechanized Production, Treasure Token Deck? Uh, treasure Token Deck, yes. Mechanized Production, have to see if that makes it in the Treasure Token Deck. All right, next question. Uh, Gwar Lord, because Commune with Dinos gets all lands... Can we have a Dinotron deck with Commune as Stirrings 5 to 8 and Dino instead of Eldrazi? Do it, Seth. I mean, the problem is you got to have colored mana for your dinosaurs, <laughs> which is a little sketchy, but it sounds fun. Is Walking Ballista a dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> you could just use it to get lands and then play Karn and win on turn 3. That works, too. Alex McAllister... Would you would you guys ever consider making popper content on a regular slash semi regular basis again? I think we answered this like a week or so ago, but people like popper. It's noted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tweet stand twelve. Could Saffron Olive make articles turning standard rotated decks into modern decks? Uh, our allies and deep band. That could be a fun series. I I like the idea. We kind of played uh, we kind of played one with Elder Deep Fiend, so we could see more of those in the future. All right, uh, Baldwin Man Three. You seemed against Bantu's Last Reckoning when spoiled, but Seth has used it in many decks. What's <gasps> your opinion on it now, Seth? Seth. Is Bantu's Last Reckoning good? <laughs> it's still horrible, but it's occasionally a necessary evil because. There's not that many sweeper options in black, and sometimes you just got to kill things that are hard to kill. There we go. Next question. Proud Daddy 0312, do you think the distinction Watsi's making between TCG and CCG for Arena is valid when Paper Magic is a TCG? Oh, did they say it's a CCG? Did I miss this? They did, yeah. Yeah, there's no trading. Oh... So, uh, I, think I mean, that's yes, fine. I, think I think that's, that's valid. Yeah. I would prefer trading personally, but I don't think it's invalid for them to make it a TCG. Yeah, or a CCG, rather. Trading, them implementing trading doesn't help them at all. Yeah, well, so, I, I, I think they it's correct to leave it off of Arena. Why don't they just call it card game? Like, does the collectible yeah, or I mean, tradable like, add any value? Does anyone even know what they mean if you're not... You know, if you're not already not really. enfranchised, right? I didn't even know what they meant. <laughs> uh, next question, uh, Adriazian. Where can we see top movers and shakers, not by week or day, but by a longer period, like a year or two? Uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. I'm actually very curious. What do you <clears> think <throat> the movers and shakers for a year would look like? So that that's oh, a man. good question. It, huh. it would be crazy buyouts of weird reserveless cards, <laughs> but... <laughs> Raymond MX... Is the cut on published deck list a Watsi attempt to manipulate the metagame in favor of a new set? I think so. I will say I'm a little bit skeptical because out of their five decks they published the day after Ixalan release, there were three dinosaur decks. And I was like, oh, dinosaurs must be awesome. And then I played it and got absolutely crushed. And then no one played well <laughs> worry, with it at the tournaments this weekend. <laughs> yeah. so. Don't worry, they're still publishing dinosaur deck lists. So, uh, and we, didn't, we barely saw any dinosaurs. So unless dinosaurs is like the hidden gem. We'll see. Next question. Quilted Train, do you think core sets will be used to reprint modern cards like fetches as they'd only be in standard for a year? I think they just reprint them in master sets. I mean, I think yes. I think they take more chances with sets that aren't in standard as long, but I don't know about fetches in specific. But I think you are more likely to see more powerful reprints in core sets than other sets. Did they say anything about core sets not being for new players anymore when they brought them back? Because previously they'd only put simple mechanics in core sets. And fetching I think is they not. said stuff like 
it's supposed to be for everyone this time, like for new players, but you'll like it too, established players. I think it was something along yeah. those lines, if I remember right. All right, next question. Desi Nohe, why is Chalice an $85 card while Death Shadow is priced at 9 despite its ubiquity? Uh, supply? Uh, re- yeah, supply, reprints play a role. I mean, it was printed in a more recent ma- master set, and I believe, yeah, yeah, Chalice is older than Death Shadow. I mean, Chalice, Chalice was in a very low supply original set and then it was only in the original modern masters which was notoriously limited in supply while death shadow was in zendikar more supply than mirrored in and in a more recent modern masters that wasn't as limited in supply so there's just more death shadows to go around yep all right next question lol gold steel would be cool to see more 1v1 commander stuff on the channel maybe budget magic I actually haven't played we'll have to try it sometime. 1v1 Commander in a really long time. Has anyone touched the format of Moto? It seems like it's actually kind of drying up. It started off kind of strong, and now it's kind of fading a little bit. In it's general. because they don't follow the right ban list. <laughs> actually, there are 53 Keep players in the league right now. Ooh, when so other ones have like 600. That's pretty low. I've heard, I've seen posts on social media of people having to wait a half hour to get a match, and I think that just keeps spiraling. Once people have that perception of the format, they just don't even bother to join it, so. They ruined it from the start. <sighs> so annoying. But I liked my treasure cruise and dig through times. <laughs> and then it they banned a whole bunch of stuff. Don't even get me started. Uh, decked so out annoying. cards. What do you think about Trick Bind in Modern? Is it a card player should be considering or just too gimmicky? I think it does pop up every now and again. But it, it is pretty fringe. It's a split second uh, stifle for one, stifle. one mana or two mana? Yeah, two, two. two mana. Two. It's just a smidge slow occasionally yeah. to use it like a stifle, which is the biggest problem. But, I mean, it's not completely unplayable. But the difference between stifling a turn one fetch land and a turn two fetch land is pretty huge. super huge in yeah. a world of goblin guides and death shadows and storm and all that <laughs> it's stuff. It's like I trick buying your death shadow. Oh, it does nothing. Huh, unfortunate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and then you die. That stinks. <laughs> There's not too many things you want to trick mind. Not really. I mean, I guess sometimes you can stone rain people, but like, is that worth it? I don't know. You can, yeah, stop like a Karn plus activation or something. You're probably <laughs> dying to the subsequent plus activation. <laughs> now, if it was like Reflector Mage Stifle, <laughs> where, where they can't activate it again the next turn or whatever, then it'd be Ooh. very interesting. Uh, Arpley55, during pre-release I pulled a hostage taker, now it's $17, should I sell now or gamble on the Pro Tour? Sell. Yeah, I think you are got to be close to the ceiling, well, even though I think it will be good at the Pro here's Tour. Here's a general question, since the Pro Tour is delayed this time, our normal advice doesn't really hold, so should you do something before or after Worlds, and should you do something before or after Pro Tour? I'd still sell. I think there's in, this is an interesting question, I think, because the fact that the Pro Tour is like a month later means I think there's more potential in picking up low price cards that'll spike at the Pro Tour because prices after a month have already declined a decent amount. So I think there'll be more potential for buying cards based on your Pro Tour predictions because they're going to be at a lower price. But I still think you generally just want to sell your cards that you open during pre-release. Yeah, and I don't think it changes that much. Because the Pro Tour is pushed back, that actually gives more time for more supply of these cards to enter the market. So, you know, even Hasta Taker being $17 right now, it's going to cool off a considerable amount in a few weeks. So you could probably still pick them back up for like, I don't know, probably 10 to 12, you know, 9 to 12, something in that range. And if it's all over the Pro Tour again and nothing else is really great from Ixalan, it's like the premier card, it will increase again. But it, it would have had to decrease by then because people are just there's going to be so many of them in, a, in that time frame. All right. Next question. Mean, mean pork. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Coffee. Wow. Uh, I'm pretty neutral. I drink both. Is that bad? <laughs> uh, no, but 
definitely coffee. No tea drinkers here. All right, Vig SS. How broken is the scare of dad? And was Carnage Tyrant a false idol all along? Uh, don't know about a false idol. It's still a pretty good card, but Scare of God is really, really awesome. Pretty much the face of standard now. Uh, Scare of God is absurd. Carnage Tyrant, I think, is still very strong, but it's not. Uh, yeah. I think it's still very strong and it still be, will be very good with standard, but it might not make as much of an immediate impact because dinosaurs are not taking off the way we had hoped. Still a very good one-off card, though. All right, that's all our fish meal. Thank you, for everyone, for sending them in. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. All right, gentlemen, that is going to do it for this week. Uh, we will – Worlds is this weekend, right? Worlds is this weekend. So, it's in Boston right, or something. Uh, so Yeah. We are going to, you'll hear us all about it, uh, talking over the social airwaves, and we will definitely cover it next week. Until then, this is the MTG Goldfish crew signing out. We will see you all next time.